Hi, everybody. Hey. Hello. How you doing? Merry Christmas. I know. Merry Christmas. We should have put up our our trees. Our trees. Our should've... trees are everywhere else but yes, here. Here. We do have two trees. <laughs> they do. But not in our kitchen. Not in our industrial kitchen. <laughs> yeah, this is our little kitchenette. There's Andrew. a large one in the small bathroom, which <laughs> is uncomfortable. I know, but it really is jolly. So jolly. Andrew, great to have you on our show again. I love it. I love talking about movies. Yes. So that's what we're going to be doing today, talking about a Christmas movie. Well, Christmas-ish movie, Meet Me in St. Louis. But before we go into the movie, just a general question. Are you a fan of Christmas movies in general? Do you love kind of cuddling up with Coco <laughs> and watching Christmas in Connecticut, December 1st? Yes, I, I, I have maybe four that I love, mm-hmm. and the rest are all knockoffs and, <laughs> and cheap streaming things that are... <laughs> to me, knockoffs. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't like them, but I do love several, and I will watch them all the time. Okay. Wow. What are they? Uh, well, Mimi in St. Louis yep. being one, Christmas in Connecticut being another. Oh. Maybe right up there with Meet Me in St. Louis is Holiday Inn, oh. Irving Berlin's film with Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby. That, that has oh. all the holidays, but that's where White Christmas was written for that okay, film. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and it's much better than White Christmas, which uh, is a knockoff. <laughs> frankly, yeah. Sorry, White that's Christmas. A, no, that was done ten stands years. Don't come at uh, us. Uh, that was ten years later, uh-uh. and it's a bit of a knockoff. <laughs> so, so there you go. You have to start with the source, yeah. which are, is is Hollywood and the Golden Age. I mean, I typically like Christmas movies, but mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know a lot about older really good Christmas movies. Sure. So I think of them as like the kitschy modern ones that aren't great. So yeah. what's your favorite Christmas movie? I mean... Don't say I, Meet Me in St. Louis. No, 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 no. I would say um, there's a... It's from the 80s, oh. uh, A Christmas Carol by with George oh, C. Scott. Okay. Oh, yeah. I really like that version. Yeah. No, it's a little more serious. Yeah. He's a great actor. Oh, it was... It's great. I watch mm. it pretty much every year. Oh. I remember watching it as a kid with my family, and we just love it. So, oh, did you ever see Scrooge the musical? No, no, that was great. Did you ever see Oliver the musical? Yes. Okay, so that was the follow up to Oliver. Who plays Scrooge in Scrooge? Albert Finney. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's big, but but if you like Christmas Carol, I'll have to check it that's out. That's a great version. Yeah, I mean, I'm not one to like. Oh, let's snuggle up and watch a Christmas movie because I'm usually pretty disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> And you're usually alone. Okay. And you're yeah, usually alone. Exactly. He's yeah. so my wife, My wife was like, I'm not doing this. No. No, it's she cannot. It's devastating when that no, movie doesn't Morally, hit. she cannot. <laughs> I know. It's devastating it's when the movie awful. is just awful. Well, I have many yes. favorite Yay. Christmas movies. Um, they're all on the Hallmark Channel, which <laughs> yes. I know that's controversial. <laughs> Great American Family, Great American Christian mm-hmm. Channel. I don't know the name of it. They also do Christmas movies, yes. but they're... they're not as good yet, so I love mm. a yeah, Christmas maybe a movie. few years. Oh. I, I I love them. They're really. What do you love about them? Oh, I mean, they're objectively bad. I mean, even <laughs> the best ones are very bad, but they're light and they're sweet, and you don't have to think yeah. and yeah, you don't really even feel. I mean, you're not <laughs> emotionally moved. So you're. So I don't n- even know if technically drama. Like, yeah. <laughs> What's sounds like, like a drug. Aristotle or something. <laughs> it sounds like, had like what why is drama? we should stop drinking. Exactly. <laughs> I'm numb, but it's great. But it's not. <laughs> but I mean, nowadays, like every, almost every other media that I consume is maybe good, but 
like immoral. <laughs> so it's like yeah. a good no, palate it's, cleanser. It's meaningful. No, <laughs> meaningful. Meaning meaningful full. existentially. <laughs> Immoral, but meaningful. Yeah, what I like is usually that. And so this is like, oh, it's a good little Christian. So, you know, I like it. A lot of people like the Hallmark Christmas stuff. It's a huge industry. A lot of women. Yeah, a lot of women (laughs) with drafts of rosé. Oh, great. Cocoa. No, with my hot cocoa. (laughs) Don't talk about your family like that, Marco. Ladling the rosé <laughs> with the marathon. Right, the Latina party I mean, that don't exactly. stop. They love like, your, oh, the New York com- the, the New Yorker comes in in stilettos to the baker. Yes, who, it's the chocolatier. Yeah, the chocolatier yeah, who's like a model. And it, yeah, and the man know? is always the dreamer <laughs> yeah. and the woman is the astronaut <laughs> or the astrophysicist. Yeah, But exactly. she's beautiful. Yep, yep. And she's like... 21. But she honestly hates Christmas. Does she? Yeah. Yes, she's so bitter because... Her uh, ex broke up with her right before Christmas, uh, or her yeah. parent passed away, and she just doesn't have time for Christmas this year. <laughs> yeah, just But like then that. she gets sent to this remote... Uh-huh. Like, it's always like, you're, the, you're next in line to be CEO of this great company. You need to go to a small town in Alaska and make sure this candy cane factory is meeting their like, production. It's like, what? What, what yeah. is... And what does that have to do with astrophysics? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I thought she was doing something else. <laughs> anyway, back to, let's transition to a movie of more substance. Mm-hmm. So, Meet Me in St. Louis. Um, you can stream it on Mac. So, if you have Mac. Yeah, it's, just started streaming. Yes. Yeah, so, readily available. Um, there will be spoilers. So, <laughs> this is a World War II movie. So, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, is on you. Um, but the uh, storyline is based on a series of short stories that were in The New Yorker and then were turned into a novel called Meet Me in St. Louis. And that was turned into a film. And the movie follows the Smith and, family. And who wrote who wrote that? Oh, is this a quiz? Mm. I don't know, but who wrote it? Don't. Um, no, but <laughs> which character in Meet Me in St. Louis? Oh, Tootie. 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 So the young girl, the, the author of the New Yorker stories, uh, was Tootie. Was Tootie, the who's yeah. the, the, the youngest in this family. So it follows the Smith family, a kind of appropriately generic name for this family that's probably supposed to be a stand-in for sort of the... the quintessential American middle-class family at the time, um, and follows them over the course of a year uh, in St. Louis in 1903, which is significant because the World Fair was coming to St. Louis in 1904. Um, and it's seasonal, so you you follow them through like these series of vignettes over the season, starts in summer, ends in the spring. Sort of, it's vignettes, so it's kind of different storylines, but probably the through line is Esther, who's Judy Garland. She falls in love with the boy next door, John Truitt. And so we kind of follow that <laughs> relationship developing. Um, and the probably big drama of the movie is the father, who's sort of this sweet but kind of can be a little bit erratic uh, lawyer. Prickly, prickly overburdened. But, but also like pretty kind mm-hmm. so quick temper but then is very sweet to the family when he comes down uh, he gets a pr- offer of a promotion in his law firm to move to york so he tells his family they're moving to new york and that is crushing to this family who loves st louis and it's kind of imbued with the excitement of st louis is the city of the world with this mm. world fair coming and all their kind of childhood family and friends it's sort of 
threatened by this impending move to New York. So that would be the tension of the movie that doesn't even really right. appear to like an hour. In. And, and that's one of the, uh, the, the charming um, kind of um, uh, uh, how does this movie work? Question mark, because none of those things are really that important. <laughs> oh, a girl like is into her neighbor. Yes. And then he, they're moving yeah. like, Oh, well, we've all moved right. probably, and mm. we've all felt that. So, so you kind of think that is so maudlin. Like, <laughs> why would you build this rather expensive movie for 1944 uh, on on these two connecting storylines? But it works, and part of it is because it actually does connect with our normal usually middle-class family experiences, those are crises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, the beauty of falling in love, and then the crisis is, I'm. this is all being disrupted. Right. right. Which, not not a tragedy mm -hmm. by all... But an anxiety, at least. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's an interesting part of the plot line. Yeah, and it's interesting you not say... Not that, that big of a deal. Yeah, that it's there's not this great sort of heft to it. And I was kind of researching. Judy Garland did not want to play Esther. So she's the main character. And she was 21, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, probably, yeah, maybe when they made it, 22 when yeah, it came out. So young, yeah. but, you know, been in Hollywood forever. And was know, it her peak? Right. Wow. Wizard yeah. of Oz a few years before. But she didn't want to play this role because she's like, I don't want to be this teen kind of 16 year old this young girl wow. sort of yeah. dealing with sort of the more sort of it, not immature but kind of a little bit adolescent angst of moving and falling in love and so she yeah. was not really wanting to play the that mm. role exactly and wow. so a kind of questions about judy garland we have some questions but obviously kind of notorious for sort of her child stardom and sort of mm. being peppered with pills at a young age to mm. sort of perform and so when you watch any movie with Judy Garland, I, you always have that in your mind. Like, how was she right. off screen? Mm. Because right. we know this sort of narrative. Do you have any insight into how she, like, how was she doing during the filming of this movie? Because she seems so sweet and pure and present on film. Yeah. But how was she doing off screen? Oh, that's a great, it's a great point. Uh, my mom and I, my 98-year-old mother, just <laughs> watched this movie. And my, my mom was, was referencing, you know, she was obviously older than Judy Garland, a little bit older, not that much older, or, or maybe about the same age, actually. And she was saying for, for a, a girl becoming a woman during that era, Judy Garland was like a role model. Mm. So for my mom, it was like, oh, well, I want to be that. I want to be pretty and active and <laughs> smart and funny and all the all of her important films were, she was that in, in the movies. And of course, since that time, many, many books written about her very talented and tormented life off screen. This movie, you know, so Wizard of Oz was 39. This is 44. She's had all the Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland movies. Mm. Mickey Rooney's the number one box office. She's not far behind. So she's at her peak at mm. this point. And this is by far, I believe, her best vehicle at MGM, which was the main place where she made movies. So at this point, she was... Was MGM also Wizard of Oz? Exactly, okay. yep. Mm -hmm. and, and MGM really made her, and because it made the best musicals, 
they were they were lucky to get her and and, and Meet she, Me St. Louis we haven't mentioned is a musical. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and she became she became she went from star to kind of superstar through this movie, you could say. But this was the movie that introduced her to Vincent Minnelli, the director, and he was a a very gentle, very gifted man who had only been making movies two or three years at MGM. And he um, kind of guarded and protected her, and she really entrusted herself to him. And so that was her point of security during the movie. So even though she was doing drugs, you know, stimulants and barbiturates, all legal, prescribed by the studio, just the way of getting through very long, difficult days for her. And she was in it at this mm-hmm. point. She, you know, it gets worse as the 40s go on. So she was she was bound here. But when you're only bound for a couple of years, you can do it. You're young and you can pull it off. It gets worse and worse. And mm. it ended her time at MGM because of this 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 kind of erratic, wow. erratic use of chemicals. Wow. But but you see the beauty yes. of 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 his direction of her and her wholly entrusting herself to him and wow. and they were married uh, soon after the end of this movie was made. Wow. Now Tudy in the movie this amazing I mean she she plays an amazing part. She's very yes. funny. Yes. She's morbid and funny. It's just yeah. great. It's really yeah. delightful to yeah. watch and this woman Margaret O'Brien yes. is also a child a, a, she's a She's an amazing actress at, yes. at such a young age. And um, Judy Gar, what was their relationship with, what was Margaret's relationship with Judy Garland? Because Judy had been through yeah. all that Margaret is probably undergoing at the time. Exactly. Can and I just ask one question please. before you answer that one? That's a great question. I have never heard of Margaret O'Brien. We all know uh, Shirley Temple, <laughs> the curly hair. So, yeah. But they were the same era. Um, no, no. Uh, Shirley Temple was the 30s. Margaret O'Brien oh. was the 40s. <laughs> okay, so not too far off. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I've never had heard of Margaret I have any I, until yes. so before this. Give us a brief context for her fame. Was she very famous? Mm. How was she famous? So we kind of understand sort of their rule, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, roles together sure. Judy Garland, Starlet, Young Star. For sure. So Shirley Temple, obviously in the 30s, kind of was the child star and will forever be that. Margaret O'Brien, though, was the child star of the 1940s and in, in came to MGM in 41, made a couple movies. Her breakthrough was Meet Me in St. Oh, Louis okay. as well. Okay. And, she, and she continued in that vein for about four years. By 48, she was pre-adolescent. And her movies are frankly god awful. Wow. Um, wow. She, she the the last one she made was uh, she was Amy in uh, a Little Women. Oh, okay. and, and was very mm. good. Or Beth, rather Beth, the one who the the sad one, the one who dies <laughs> young. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but that was her last good movie. And then you just see, oh my gosh, how difficult to transition from child yes. actor to oh, to wow. gawky yeah. adolescent. Judy Garland did that. Okay, wow. so Margaret O'Brien never had a 
fame yeah. as an adult. She tried. But never, but never made it. Okay. No, did some TV in the 50s. Um, she had a, a little bit more of a stable life, better relationship with her mother than Judy Garland did with hers. So the mother was very present on the set mm. um, and concerned and, and did not did not live a tortured life the way Judy Garland did, arguably because of the presence of a healthier, oh, wow. uh, supportive parent. Um, and, and yet, you know, the, the different circumstances uh, or, or the circumstances that were similar for Judy Garland and O'Brien were the pressures, that terrific pressures. You know, the clock is ticking, and every time it ticks, it's, you know, 5000 more dollars. So, in other words, if you can't land what yeah. you're supposed to be doing, wow. then you're costing <laughs> a, a business yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And, and you can see how Vincent Minnelli is, is, is asking of Margaret O'Brien to show a range of emotional responses. So she is being provoked yeah. by a director to some emotional extremities, which is always a challenge. She's certainly up for it, uh, but it's, um, it's a high-pressure platform that uh, Judy Garland was very aware of, handling it a little better herself at 22, but um, had a great deal of empathy and, I think, concern for O'Brien. Wow. During she, the filming. Was she like her mentor? I mean, was she kind of, did they have that type of relationship? Um, I would say it was a friendly relationship. I, I wouldn't say Judy Garland was that self-giving. Okay. Right. I would say at that point she was difficult mm. and she was holding up filming. And and uh, what, what she would do would be to hold things up. Everyone's waiting and is seeing her as utterly unprofessional. And then she would come on and and... and absolutely nail it wow so like the trolley song yes yeah. amazing that, that big song where she's having to move around this uh, this funny set uh -huh. where she's moving around it's and, a great scene yeah it's an amazing and, scene. yeah, so yeah and she she was holding everyone up and it was like well we've got to do this it's the end of the day she came out and she did it in one take she just came out of her dressing room and did it. Uh, so, I mean, that's what she would do. So she had genius yeah. and a capacity to nail things, but getting there was was corporately exasperating. So right. was she just better under pressure? Was that kind of her thing? Or was she just fickle? Like she just wouldn't, she wasn't really good at showing up on time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think she, I think she actually was emotionally unstable and that was exacerbated by all the drugs. So when mm. people say, like when film people say, oh, well, I was manic depressive or I had this mood disorder. It's like, well, no, actually you were a drug addict mm. and certain types of neuroses and psychoses are drug related. Mm. Judy Garland certainly was. Um, so I, I do think she was, she was probably immobilized emotionally at some points, um, but then had the wherewithal as someone who had worked her whole life, yeah. singing and dancing and acting, to just get there and nail it. Wow. So she was amazing like that, you know, and movies demand that sure. in a way that concerts and so on don't. Yeah. Yep. And I would like to just talk about the musical aspect because yeah. this movie was one of the first to have the songs in the musical actually move 
the plot forward, not just be sort of, I guess, in like breaking out into song yeah. and then going on with the action. So can you kind of explain <laughs> that? Was it the first movie where yeah. major movie where the songs ad- yeah. advanced the plot? Yeah. So I would say there's only uh, three original songs. Okay. The rest are all songs from the turn of the century, but those three songs are became classic songs. Um, namely, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, yes. which is why we consider this a Christmas movie. Um, and the other two would be the one on the trolley cart? The, the trolley song. And, and then You and the, I? The Boy or, Next oh, Door. Oh, The Boy Next Door. But okay. like You and I, Over the Bannister, Skip to My Lou, those were all hits. I see. Meet Me in St. Louis okay, were hits yeah. from... From the time period. Yeah. So we're, I mean, excuse my ignorance, yeah. were mu- musicals before that, did they just typically use popular songs in their movies? Or no. They oh would no. have original songs. Oh, they'd have original songs, but they wouldn't. These were more exquisite in in moving the plot along. Right. Mm. You could say before they would line up what was going on in the movie, but it was a chance for gifted people to sing and dance about romance, typically, or... Yeah. Or now we're we're going off like we're off to see the wizard or over oh, the sure. rainbow, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like okay, yeah. This is a melancholy time. I'm dreaming on the Kansas plains, or you know, whatever. I would say if you look at like the trolley song, so much happens yes. that that yeah. takes the plot like you know twenty pages yeah, of dialogue yeah, <laughs> ahead, and and namely, have yourself a merry little Christmas. We, we, we now, usually popular singers that cover that song, there's lyrical changes because some of them are tailored to the movie, you know. Mm. Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow uh, and stuff like that. So, so she's singing to her sister, who's Judy Garland, is realizing that we're leaving now. Like, this, this is the clincher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is our last Christmas here and 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 it's it's full of meaning and the song is full of meaning and it conveys it it communicates so much of the love of an older sister for a little one and it's just beautiful yeah watching the movie puts the song in context yes because out of context it's like okay it's like okay song yeah Yeah, it's an okay song but in context it's Beautiful. It's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so it's watch ev- the movie. Everyone, everyone that I've watched it with, and I've watched it a few times. Even my, you know, your brothers, my sons, um, they cry. Yeah, I, I cry. It, 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 I did too. <laughs> they cry. It's it's really sad at that point. Right. Yeah. And the context is again in the movie is like, oh, they're moving. So I would not typically be moved to tears by someone being, yeah. you know, in the, you know, it's a young girl crying about movie moving, but in the, yeah, with the song yeah, and, and the Judy, pathos. Judy Garland's just incredible. She's incredible. Yeah, and she's, she's so, so beautiful. She's delightful movie. to watch. Yeah. yeah. She's like so delicate and her beauty is so exquisite. And she yeah. wears that like white kind of <laughs> snow like yeah. little hair covering in the red dress. And you're like, oh, she's so beautiful. Beautiful and yeah. kind of my memory of her is maybe a little more weathered or mm. sort mm. of like as time goes on and she right. kind of deteriorates. But seeing her like this, even maybe not the peak of her health, but the peak of sort of her prowess, it's kind of stunning. You no, know, yeah. I think it is prowess and it's um, Vincent Minnelli's yes. visual sensibility yes. and this this unit, this production unit, Arthur Freed's unit, was the best in Hollywood for bringing together all the various elements that make for an excellent musical. Yes. It makes sense why your mom said that she was sort of a, a pig.
picture of femininity you for know the 40s for yep. the 40s yeah because yep. she's funny and she's just by watching her move and the oh, way yeah. she just it's like it's like she's, wow she's vital and <laughs> yeah. down to earth yes. and smart and self-deprecating exactly she doesn't yeah. take herself too seriously but then yeah. she's also self-centered at times like it's all yeah. it's all very, of the above yes. yeah it, there's such a dynamism yeah. to yeah. her character uh-huh. it's great and I think kind of a, an important to really fully probably understand the meaning um, is what was going on historically at this time. So this movie came out um, five months after D-Day. So no, ni- yes, after D-Day and f- and s- five months before VE Day. Yes, the victory in Europe. Right. So kind of mi- like in parallel of again doing research, 1944 when this movie came out <clears throat> that year, Americans had sent 11 million troops into wow. war so triple what they had done in you know f- a few years prior so a pretty harrowing year for sort of the american phase of world war Two and the american family yes mm-hmm. and so kind of that it kind of makes sense then so uh, movies at the time probably were either a bit kind of propaganda is too strong of a war word but maybe sort of let's totally yeah let's kind of let's make the enemy evil and americans noble or in some sense an escapism so we want to go we don't necessarily want to see a movie about war so let's watch this movie where the conflict is a bit mundane and so you could see why that actually makes sense given this harrowing year in american history oh my gosh i mean it's unreal and when you and when you play that so after Normandy, and yet six months before victory was declared yeah. in oh. Germany, yeah. I mean, it, it, f- four months later, I mean, Asia continued for four months after that until the Japanese surrendered. But um, when you think of the lyrics of that song, yeah. so you yeah. have families, have the, the boys are all gone, the boys and some of the girls, but yeah. mostly the boys. And in the movie, it's mainly women. Yeah. Like there's yeah. the men are kind of there and fleeting. Yeah. It's yeah. all about the the sisters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the sisters. <laughs> and so then, then everyone's crying about, you know, uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light next year. Yeah. All of our troubles. Yes. And, and so America was hoping, I hope our troubles are out of sight yeah. Yeah. next year. Um, have yourself a real Christmas. Keep the Yuletide gay. Next year, all our troubles will be miles away. Here again is in olden days. Yeah. Happy, Happy golden, golden days, days of yours. Yeah, so kind of the, the past, right? Like yeah. America, was, we're this great nation. We're yep. proud. We have yep. this beautiful history. So again, yep. wartime context is like, oh, like we haven't, lost anything in the war like we are kind of (laughs) defending our enemies but we can go back and reclaim sort of the glory probably even post you know world war one even kind of the you know this was 1904 so this was before the advent of world Mm. war which just Mm -hmm. shifted the psyche of the world right Mm -hmm. so it kind of it's interesting that this is of Mm. course it takes place in 1903 because of the world fair but also what a a simpler time probably just in the Mm. psyche of human beings right a gauntlet of world wars. Yes, and 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 bringing it up into forty four, uh, for the purpose of saying, um, we as a family, yes. whether it's the American mm. family or whether it's a middle class family in St. Louis, we'll get through this. Yeah, we can draw upon our reliance upon each other uh, to make it through, and that's the point of the song. Really, is you know. 
you know, some somehow we're going to muddle through together. Yeah. We'll get through this together. Right. So Judy Garland was singing it to us as a country, um, not just to her sister. And, and that had deep meaning for America and on the, on the eve of, of, uh, you know, what, what was hoping for the end of the war, but it wasn't over yet. Sure. So, and the movie is, it's pretty familial, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all about this family. Mm -hmm. Um, if I can tell my favorite scene, Yes, uh, so we're going to kind of all answer what are our mm, favorite scene. Yeah, what is our favorite scene for the movie? And they're all delightful, honestly. Yeah, yeah. There's not a scene that drags the vignettes help because it's like, oh, you're just uh-huh. the best moments in the season. But let's all name uh-huh. our favorite scene. Yeah, uh, but my favorite scene is kind of in this in this thread a little bit. So Anna and Alonzo are still at the table when he the tells parents. the parents. Um, mm. He tells the family that, they, that they're going to New York and they all respond with a sadness and they all want to depart from the table. It's, I think it's Halloween night, is it? Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. eating this amazing cake and no one wants this cake and they love the cake, but they're all sort of pissed and yeah. sad and they don't know what to, they're in conflict with this news, yeah. but the wife stays at the table and I loved that scene. Like she just yeah. sort of remained with him and he's like, well, aren't you going to go too? like, I mean, are you afraid to stay with a murderer? I think he was just kind of overreacting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People were reacting to his crime, you know, a yeah. criminal or something like that. Right. And she doesn't. And she, she kind of reassures him like, well, if you think this is right, then we're going to do it. And then it goes into this song of you and I. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I cried. I thought like, wow, I, this, I did not see. Yeah. It's like it's showing. It's beautiful. It's, it's it, beautiful. It, I agree. It's, it's one of the most meaningful scenes. Yes. yes. And it shows like the, yeah. the power of a solid marriage yes. on a family yes. and a father mm-hmm. making difficult decisions and the solidarity of a wife yeah. standing near him. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's power. It's I love a powerful scene. When they're yeah. singing that song. The kids who had mm-hmm. kind of stormed off in their anger, they come and they gather around. So the, yeah. the power of parents, like, yes. standing together. Because you could see in a modern movie, kind of mom going with kids. Exactly. Like, You're a father who works all the time, who's <laughs> making us move. But the mom supporting yeah. the father and the kids follow suit. Yeah. They come together mm-hmm. and then the whole thing is they didn't want to eat the cake. and <laughs> They the go end, get their they're cake. They're eating the cake and you're sobbing because it's yeah. so precious. It's a beautiful yeah. scene. Well, my favorite scene is less precious, but it really like imprinted on me as a kid as we watched this movie (laughs) growing up and it's the Halloween scene. So I think we only have that one scene in the fall and it's insane. So you have Tootie and her (laughs) older, her sister who's older, the older sister, Agnes, but she's not much older. There are two kids. And so they're going, you know, trick or treating and they're like, Oh great. 1904 middle-class family. And then they go outside and the neighborhood kids are like burning furniture yeah, in this yeah. oh, major it's like, no it's like a real Halloween. bonfire <laughs> that's how it used to be okay really <laughs> oh yeah like really destructive it, it was wasn't, deviant behavior it was and they would take flour and and oh yeah so there's this neighbor that <laughs> no she, you you like they were like little hates. hooligans yeah, yeah. Guess, <laughs> that okay. was the point it wasn't like oh the biblical, it's like a biblical Halloween. dressing up like padre pio <laughs> no this is like we're dressing oh, up as spirit week at a catholic school that's <laughs> yeah. the same day of the spirit week when you dress like a martyr saint oh my god i don't know entrails were 
<laughs> ripped out by an emperor and you'd wear that to your little Catholic school, but don't wear pants, you girls. Don't you girls, just... you can't wear pants. Girls. Girls. Lady. No. Nope. Where's your mentia? Is that what it's called? <laughs> but you want to be a saint with no entrails? <laughs> Sorry. But I think okay, no, no, they the don't hooligans. Get, they're acting don't. like hooligans, and that uh, used crazy. to be what Halloween okay, was. Okay, yeah, because I never knew that. So yeah, I was like, I this didn't know is that crazy. Either. And then she goes. And Vincent Minnelli was a Midwesterner. Yes. So he, that I mean, he has memories but of that. This, wow. Then great. she goes to this neighbor she doesn't <laughs> like, bonfire. Yeah. and you knock on their door with a bag of flour to, to throw it on. And the you yeah, like baking. The guy opens the door, and she is it, Mr. Neal? It's not Mr. Neely. That's like someone else. No. Oh, that was the ice. She like <laughs> Mr. Neely, um, but the guy opens the door and he she just says I hate you and just throws flour in the guy's face. Uh, as a kid, I was like, this is insane, and nobody's commenting it. The parents aren't like, oh my gosh, like don't burn furniture. And the man just grunts and he just yeah, but then yeah, he kind of smiles like, yeah. oh kids. And anyway, it was just as a it's kid, fun. it was so fun. But you're you're like, wow, that's. It was different it's back then. So, <laughs> so I just yeah. remember growing up and then she gets scared and then uh, she yeah. becomes the hero. <laughs> yeah. kind of, she's like, I've she's killed so him. <laughs> yeah. She says she, she goes running back. So the, and, and part of it's the visual. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the it's, this, it's a huge bonfire. Yeah. MGM built the St. Louis street. So it's this beautiful, like Rococo mm-hmm. mansion. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And want to live there. And then there's this huge fire and they're throwing furniture and, and the <laughs> wind and, and the music and these kids yes. dress, but, and, but it's like, it's mischief yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I'm, we're not doing, we're not doing drugs. Yeah, but right. mischief you know? in a way that if that happened today, the, <laughs> it, it would you be, would be, I mean, you, the cops would come. The cops would depending come. Depending on what you look like, <laughs> yeah, you may bo- not be arrested, but like, it, it, it's like, as someone who's not, had no idea of that as a kid, and it was like kind of scary as a kid, yeah. like I was, it's scary. But that, that's part of the fun of the movie is <laughs> yes. that what seems like it is sentimental and it's like, oh, this is like too good to be true. But the kids aren't. No, they're the so... The kids are always pushing the limits. Yes, yeah. yes. And you know, kids need that. Yes. Yeah. Kids need to experience their agency as sinners. Yes. As opposed to, That's we're awesome. just little... I hate you. you know? <laughs> no, but uh, I love that. It's within bounds. Yes. Yeah. The parents know what it yeah, is. Yeah, how they... Yeah. The grandpa was like, put... Wet the flower, make yeah. it stick more. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this yeah. family? But it's like I, you know, you I, you think of that. Well, we would be better integrated yes. morally. Yeah. If if we had those experiences, yeah. yes. I would great. say. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, but it's a great scene. It's a great scene. Yeah. Okay, your fu- your favorite scene. Uh, okay, so after the great song, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," she goes down to kill her snow people. Oh, Tootie yeah. Yeah. is like, I, I, I can't take them on the train with me. I'm going to destroy all my snowmen and these figures. In, in in on Christmas Day, it's just turned Christmas, but it's like one in the morning. She's running out, destroying them, and Judy Garland just goes out to her and just makes this, mm. this like like well, you know what. It's a. This is so hard, but we're we're all going to be together. Yes. Mm. We're going to New York together, and that's what counts. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, it's just that one scene, and the father at that point kind mm-hmm. of sees it, is witnessing this, and gets the revelation of we don't really have to go. <laughs> like I don't have to get this promotion. Yeah, um, and and he has a change of heart. So spoiler alert: they stay um, in St. Louis. They do stay, but but that's that's the mm. climactic yes. moment. But it's because of this impassioned. Yeah. We know this is terrible. She's sobbing. She and 
there's a funny thing about what Vincent Minnelli did to provoke such. Yeah, what was the because the sobbing was really good. Yeah, it was really no, good. It seemed like she was. Case. Yeah, Tootie seemed like she was really sobbing. upset. Yeah, so there was. There, it's, it's it's. He was like, "Your mom died." <laughs> I no, know. It, it, no, it's not. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. It was. It was rumored, and and this has been contested. <clears throat> Margaret O'Brien's still alive and still does a lot of stuff on Turner Classic oh, movies. Oh, she's great. Awesome. So yeah. she's neat. She's neat. She had a pretty good adjustment and grew out of it all and just got a regular job and stuff. But um, apparently, Vincent Minnelli did like like kind of really had to work with her and her mother to to give her uh, a, a certain threat mm. like your dog is going to be taken away <laughs> or oh my gosh. really something that wow. was is 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 you know this is going to happen this could happen um, now well, that's been contested i i don't know how she could actually oh gosh, she couldn't yeah. she could never tap into i let me see what would happen right. if i moved right it was <laughs> too yeah. real no, yeah because she was like child. she was kind of like yeah. you know like a little kid does yeah, when you know, they're really she upset was like, she was she was full bore sobbing yeah and so judy garland races after her <laughs> and in the snow kind of gives her this this little like we're, we are going to be together and that and that's the moral yes. of the movie yeah. that you, we can get through this. It's really hard, but we can get through it together. Yeah. It's a great scene. Great. Okay, last question quickly. Of the whole Smith family, who would you want to come to your Christmas family dinner? I will start. Grandpa. He was so funny. <laughs> yeah. He's so sweet, <laughs> mischievous, sharp, but I feel like he would have a host of stories and would be your number one fan. What was he? Because he, at the Christmas ball... They t someone says, uh, you know, you're one of my favorite persons. So he was someone famous in the movie, right? Or no, just just because this woman he was dating had uh, heard okay. through her. Because then he's like, I spent so many years in China, and I'm like, I'm I'm missing some sort oh, of subplot. No. no, no, no. It's just it's just a good report that <laughs> okay. Esther's brother gave her. I'm like, did I fall asleep? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Marco's like he was. <laughs> He was a an war explorer. hero. <laughs> Marco Polo times two. <laughs> so uh, my my favorite character, Tootie, I would invite Tootie oh, to, for to sure. Christmas dinner. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really funny. Morbid. Yeah. Morbid, burying dead dolls with yeah. significant multiple ailments. Yeah, she's yeah. incredible. Yeah. 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 Now, I cannot get away from the fact that I, I know a lot about off screen judy garland so i couldn't separate them and i know that she would come dutifully because the studio made her come and she'd be remote and disengaged because we mean nothing to her she i mean really so i can't i can't make that esther transition with judy garland i would say the mother mary astor okay. mary astor who played the mother was the femme fatale in maybe one of the best film noir oh. films in the maltese falcon mm. she was amazing wow. she was a, an incredible actress. When did Maltese Falcon come out? Like forty-one, three years oh, earlier. Oh, so she went. Oh, right before. Within like before yeah, years. but she when when she got on contract at MGM, she be she was kind of playing these maternal. Yes, she's very maternal. She's yeah. pretty, but she's matronly. Right. You don't see her and think femme fatale. No, in the she was one of the biggest wow. silent stars of the twenties. Oh wow, okay, yeah, yeah, her name's familiar. Yeah, so you know Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Barrymore. Um, her great uncle or something, 
was the greatest act, really the greatest Broadway to Hollywood actor in the 20s, Silent, wow. silent Star, for, in the movies, of course. And he mentored Mary oh, Astor wow. Wow. and made her this incredible actress. And she did transition well. Yeah, which was rare for into the, the th- Into 30s stars. films and these, these big, big important roles. Uh, but then by this time, she was a little older and was playing mother roles. She's an amazing Catholic woman oh. um, who became a Catholic later in life, alcoholic. I mean, really oh. brilliant, yeah. brilliant woman. Incredible woman. She wrote two great books, if oh you can God. get a hold oh, of them, wow. about her life. The second one being about her Catholic conversion. Amazing. Um, and looking back over her very storied and difficult life, but one where she she was in charge, wow. but made many bad choices. Um, but she became an amazing, thoughtful Catholic woman. Wow. What and, brought her uh, to the faith? Do you remember? Um, her alcoholism, wow. uh, maybe two or three failed relationships. Um, uh, she she just had a a a, a big movie life wow. that ended very well and uh, sober and spirited. And I I so I would I would want her <laughs> at my Christmas yes, table. Sounds great. That sounds lovely. Best answer. Well, the reason I love these episodes is because it gives, I hopefully our listeners an uh, an on ramp to do something relaxing, like watching a movie, like Meet Me in St. Louis. It's such a true joy to watch this movie. So please do, please watch it. It's great. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, Andrew. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thanks yeah. for. I mean, I love these. I love this topic. Yes. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. We'll see you in the new year. Bye. <laughs>